welcome to another episode of Tatonic Takes. I have someone here that you probably all know. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely know him, aka Tommy Scoops, Tom Bogert. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, I've had power the last few days, so I think that that's a good baseline to start at. I'm like, you know, some people in your part of the world, which is pretty tough. So, yeah, I, I can't complain. Yeah, you know, I lived in Japan before. We never had power problems now. I'm in the Bay Area now in California, and we have some problems, you know. So um, you you would think it would be the other way around. I appreciate this. This is our second go around. Um, but, yeah, now we have power. We have some light. You know, it's a little early for me, but I, and early for you too, but I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> I appreciate you making it work, man. Yeah, yeah. And talking a little bit about you first. I mean, everybody knows who you are, but I wanted to know a little bit of the origin story, the back, the backdrop for Tom Bogert. I mean, how did you get here? What did, What are the things that you kind of did to become the person you are? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty lucky that I had clarity on what I wanted to do pretty young in, in the grand scheme of things, like. Maybe I was 15 when I had enough self-awareness that, all right, five, seven, not, not entirely fast, don't have the best touch, probably not going to make it as a professional soccer player like a lot of us have that realization. At least I had that at 15 and not like 24. So, you know, I always was pretty good with like English and history rather than math and science. And then like I stumbled into like a journalism class in high school and I was like, wait a minute, dudes just talk about sports for a living and like that's a job? Like, Hell yeah, sign me up. Yeah. So just kind of started there and then that helped inform a lot of the decisions I made. I played college soccer and I chose a school that was close to New York City which helped a whole lot with internships and then you just climb one thing after the other again a confluence of of, of hard work and good luck is, is kind of got, got me to MLS and then yeah it's been it's been all she wrote since since I got there I think four and a half years ago now I think this is my fourth full season coming in it's, it's crazy time how time flies yeah I mean if, if you think MLS your name is so closely tied so it's crazy when you say only four years right so <laughs> it's, it's awesome so how did you become that transfers guy then like how did you become the person that you know is the or I wouldn't want to say the the Fabricio of MLS but um, yeah there right <laughs> yeah no it's 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 tough because these things are like and this is kind of my advice for any job in sports let alone kind of exactly what I do like there is no, there's no playbook. It's not like, I don't know. I have friends who worked in finance or worked in insurance, like whatever it is. And it's like, okay, you get an internship this year and then you get the job the year after that. And then in two years you get promoted. And then, you know, like sports aren't like that. So it's like, I didn't even necessarily want to, I was scared to like, when, when I started like developing relationships and sources and I had, I had a boss who kind of realized that I could be pretty good at this and, and, Again, Sam Stageschool was at MLSsoccer.com, and, and he's helped me tremendously. And he left pretty early in, in my when I took when I started there. I was just a supplemental writer, and he went to the Athletic because he's he's the best. He's the gold standard. And we didn't hire anybody. And like a boss was like, "Yeah, like you can start doing this stuff." And then at one point, he's like, "Oh, you're doing well. I want you to just be like a transfer newsbreaker. Like you know, think of you know Woj or Jeff or whatever it is, and name your favorite kind of newsbreaker anywhere." And I was scared. I was like well, you're only as good as your sources. And like, what if that doesn't happen? Or like, what, you know, what, if, like, hey, like I can always have an opinion watching a game. And, and we all like to think that our opinion is the most important thing in the world. And, and it's like, it felt like, le it felt riskier to be like this. And, and, you know, thankfully he had that vision and he helped me a lot. Simon Borg is his name. He's, you know, absolute OG around MLS. Uh, so yeah, like it, it, it's kind of funny looking back on it. It's like, 
the greatest thing anything's ever done for my career. And like, I pushed back on it. I was like, I'm like scared. Like, I don't like, what if this doesn't work out? Or like, what if, what if you're just wrong? Or like, what do you mean? Like people aren't going to care about my opinion on like breaking down tactics. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I'm not, I'm not a former player. I'm not Matt Doyle. I'm not like, you know, I like, I think I can read the game pretty well. I can, I can, you know, talk about it very well, but like, you know, there are people who are better than you at, at everything. So it's just, I don't know. It was, it was, it, it's funny to look back and be like, wow, like I, I pushed back on, you know, with the golden ticket for my career. And like, I, I almost messed it up. Thank, thank God I had like editors that believed in me and, and kind of had a vision. Yeah. And, and thinking about it, I mean, I've done a little bit myself as well with breaking transfers. Has there ever been a situation where a team has gotten mad at you for breaking some news before them or even uh, possibly, you know, drop, you know, basically making the transfer come out of nowhere, right? Yeah. I mean, look, that's, I think I've been able to go about it in a correct way. And, and there's a lot of people who are understanding and like, look, maybe this isn't ideal for us, but we get it. Like, right. Like it's, and Hey, thank you for letting us know first. Like the times where people have been most upset is if they feel like I didn't give them enough of a heads up or like, Hey man, like you hit this out of nowhere. Hey, like you didn't, you didn't like, I don't know. It's been, I've been lucky. You know, again, look, like I'm sure people, are angry like behind the scenes i was i was talking to somebody recently who was like tell me how the hell i get out of a meeting and three minutes later you have the information what like what what's going on here just like maybe like it's a positive joke but it's like i know that those conversations happen too like i know that everybody doesn't like me like it's it's life people don't like you so yeah for the most part i've been able to be pretty good or, or be okay like you know again you're, you're gonna come up against stuff <clears throat> because everybody has their own preferences everybody has their own kind of ideals on, on things and yeah sometimes like i find out stuff that people really really didn't want didn't want you to find out and and but again like it's it's nothing's been too too bad just you know a couple a couple crap storms i don't know if i can curse shit storms, you're, fine. Sorry. You're, totally fine. you're gonna have to go bleep this out later yeah, yeah. a couple shit storms but you know um for the most part like it has it hasn't been too bad and, and like i think the baseline is that I've never gotten anything wrong, right? Like, if, if I was putting stuff out that was that was incorrect, like, then it'd be a shit storm. But, like, people are just kind of like, all right, fair enough. Like, he's right. Like, and, and like, to my knowledge, I've never done something premature to the fact where it's, like, impacted a potential move. And I've heard stories about that as well, where, like, pe people have said that, you know, somebody reports it's done before it's done and the deal falls through. So it's, like, I've been pretty careful about, like, those kind of things. And, and so, yeah, it, it hasn't been too bad. But there, there's some stories. Yeah, it seems like it's a high-stress job. Is there things that you do to kind of unwind? I know you post sometimes uh, that you play soccer after work and, and you do other things to kind of de-stress, but what's your main kind of hobby? Yeah, honestly, God, I, I try to play as much as I can because, like, you know, like anybody else, I'm addicted to my phone and, you know, particularly what I do for work. I have, I have to be on it all the time. The only thing that I can guarantee without question i will not think about touching my phone as if i'm playing soccer so yeah. like i i need that desperately and it's a you know competitive outlet i'm i'm an angry dude I, i'm very competitive i really like so like for for an hour for however long the games are like how like doesn't matter how high level like last night i played and you know it's all former college guys and, and guys that are playing semi-pro and like yeah. i loved every second of it because you're just completely locked in right. and, like that's the only thing that can like really take my mind off it but like lower things like Love going out, getting a couple beers with friends or whatever, and trying to unplug or football manager, which is, is a funny one for me because it's like, oh, let me on my, my all day typing at my laptop or talking on my phone about soccer. Right. Let me t 
put my phone down and change the browser in my laptop to go do the same thing, but virtually. So it's pretty stupid, but I, I whatever, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, well, in, uh, I know in FIFA, when you play career mode, you get tweets, you know, is there one day where you're going to see a Tom Boger tweet? You know? yeah. I've, I've joked about that because FM is the same way. And like, yeah. Um, like, like I made a joke, like that would be awesome if they could like license that, like self, self-centered, obviously right. self-interest, but like someone was like, dude, people make these, like there's stuff you can download that I'm sure you're on. I was like, what? No way. Like, that's incredible. No, that, that is pretty cool. And, and a little bit surreal, right? I mean, MLS is, is growing, right? And maybe mm-hmm. not a lot of people know it from your hometown and, and from your childhood friends and things like that, but have you ever like had to explain to someone that hey, you know what Woj bombs are? You know, like <laughs> that's basically me when I dropped that Gareth Bell was coming to the United States, right? Like, what's I, I do it all the time, and I'm wondering you probably do it too. Yeah, I mean, um, that that's what's tough because I'm like I struggle to like talk about I'm, like Irish Catholic, like repressed. Like I, I struggle like talk about myself like that, and like I don't, I'm not gonna walk up and be like, hey man, do you know that? I'm actually like the world. I'm like, I've never said something like that. Like, but there's the bail one's a funny one because that was when a whole lot of casuals in my life who don't follow MLS, who yeah. don't even necessarily follow soccer all that closely. were like, I got a bunch of texts that day. It was like, holy shit, this was you. Like, fuck, like I saw like, this was, oh my God. Like, that's incredible. It's like, yeah, I've been doing this for a couple of years. What's right, up? Right. Like, I'm glad you found it. Like, no, that's, that's, that's hilarious because I, I constantly like, Wait, I even have to deal with, you know, there's a team in the Bay Area, you know, so, so definitely <laughs> probably had your fair share of things. Um, no, but I, I have to go back to what you said about your phone and, and being on social media. The way I kind of wrap my head around it is like, oh, you know, I'm not addicted to social media, you know, I'm just growing, you know, my brand. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to find a way to make it bigger. It's work. Yep. It's not, it's not yep. addiction, you know, so. Exactly. It, but, it, it can always be work. And then before you know it, it's. 11 p.m. and you're still doom right. scrolling and doing nothing no but uh the way i kind of have to write for i'm gonna start writing for a couple of mls games and uh the way i get around it is you know i'll play a game of fifa here you know to, to exactly. see the exactly Oscars. so that's kind of exactly. a way I, I tie it in you know hey i'm working you know no problem here but uh <laughs> i love that that's perfect yeah, it was nice to kind of hear that backstory and, and all that um this is a Quakes podcast, so we're going to talk a little bit about San Jose. Um, some of the fans are kind of wanting, I guess they're just wanting to know, because on the Quake side of things, it's a, a little, I would say, quiet usually th- these off-seasons, and, and this off-season has been a little busy. Um, yeah. The first question I wanted to ask you was, was there anything that kind of went down that didn't get, you know, past the finish line? Yeah, I mean, look, like, every club has that, so every, whether it's, oh my God, I totally thought we were going to sign him or we just about had things agreed and then it didn't work out. So look, like, yes, that, that happens at every single club every offseason. There was a point where, like, the Carlos Guerrero stuff, like, it was close for a while. And, like, you know, those, those deals are going to be difficult to get over the line. So um, thankfully, like, that wasn't one of these cases that they ended up did getting over the line. But, yeah, look, there was, um, you know, I, I know that they were interested in Aaron Long. They, they put in a call about Matt Hedges. And, and, like, again, I don't know how exactly how far down the list that this all went and, like, I believe it was you or somebody reported that um, they were in for Alex Cowens. Like, like yeah. yeah, every every single MLS team should have been making those calls. I like that. That's like, so I'm certain that there's a hundred examples like this that like, you know, it'd be kind of disingenuous for me to be like, oh, yeah, there was four strikers and three center mids and seven left backs. Like, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, not, nothing that kind of strikes off as like, oh, wow, that deal was done, but it, you know, it didn't get done. And talking a little bit about the GM, Chris Leach now, 
He's, in my opinion, this is just my opinion though. I feel like he's done a great job with bringing in transfers within MLS. Um, I feel like he's gotten Jameer Montero for, you mm -hmm. know, times on a penny or you know really yeah. cheap, and as well as uh, now we haven't seen him play yet. But Jonathan Mensa, especially when you see Tui Loma go for five times the price, and mm -hmm. maybe yeah, he's a little younger, but still, it seems like he's getting some good deals down. I actually asked him the other day. I was like, "Hey, man, do you have any blackmail all these other GMs? Because you're getting <laughs> you're getting some cheap prices. What do you think about Leach's tenure in San Jose?" Yeah, look, like it's just a reality that some of these teams aren't gonna go spend six million dollars on on Enzo Capetti or Chicho Rango or you know, insert any any player here in San Jose. It's, it's just a reality. Like Carlos Grezo, I believe. Yeah, Carlos Grezo is their club record signing. So that was like they did go out and and like spend like some money. This all seemed just cool, but for Chris Leach. Jeremy Obobese on, on the trade market yeah. has been a fantastic deal. Jameer Montero, I didn't love it when they did the trade. I just thought he was good, fine, a little inconsistent, and some things I'd heard about him in Philly. He's been great. That's been a really good trade. I was wrong. I really love the Jonathan Mensa trade. Look, the reason why it was so cheap is because he's on like 1.1 million or something. Mm. But guess what? Good players cost money. It's like, <laughs> I don't care about the contract, right? Like, so there are a lot of moves that, that he, they had to do around the fringes. And again, in a salary cap league, like it, it's not like you, everybody would want to spend more money, right. but like you have, you still have the chance to compete. Like look at Philly, their club record signing was Mikhail or before that it was Jamiro Montero. Like right. you can like what San Jose, a lot of teams are trying to emulate what Philly are doing. San Jose actually have the chance to do it because the Academy is so good as well. Yeah. And I like with Lucci Gonzalez, I thought that was a really good hire. If you know, you get the breakout season from K Cow, and then you get in a couple years, breakout season from Cruz Medina. And then you still have Tommy Thompson at in your team at 27, 28, 29. Like, these are the ways that, that teams, if you're not going to spend these big, big transfer fees and be doing it every single year, that's how you compete. And, like, that's why I thought that it was crucial. It was a shoe-in, I think, that they were, that Leach was interim and then got, got the title. Because, like, guys who are around this league, guys who have, have experience in this league are the best at this. Like, they are the best qualified to find these deals and to appreciate the domestic market and find the value. So, all in all, like, I think it's a really good fit. We'll see how it goes. Again, like, I'm really bullish on Lucci. You could talk and you could talk me into scenarios in which this team is awesome. Like, there there are some question marks. And, and again, if, if Abobasi gets hurt, that's going to be really difficult. If, you know, Grezo gets hurt, like, you know, there's Jutsen. But, like, again, you could say that about any team. There are scenarios legitimately where this team is very good. Yeah, it, it makes you, you know, wonder what this team is going to do if Cade Cal leaves in the summer or if even Benji Kikanovic, that deal finally goes over the line. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, talking about shitstorms, that was one for me. Yeah. You know, maybe thinking that it was done but not, not done yet. But no, um, no. this team does need some depth. That's why I think the – the, the whole fan base is really waiting for Oseni Buddha to maybe make that next step, and hopefully he mm -hmm. does. Um, but no, this team could could make, I mean, especially now because the playoffs is different, right? <laughs> I, I had the Quakes, a lot more teams in the dance, right? Right. I had the Quakes, you know, just below the playoff line, but you know what? Now they're above it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's something to we're all excited for here in San Jose. But a lot of fans in San Jose kind of feel like we shouldn't be a small market team, right? I mean, it's the Bay Area. You're competing yeah. with the Giants. You're competing with the 49ers. Um, it, it's just, unfortunately, the reality of Quakes fans. Yeah. It, it's it's a little tough to kind of fill in the seats here, but it, it's something that Chris Leach has done a good job with, at least with the you know the arsenal he's been given. Um, mm -hmm. So I think Chris Leach yeah. has... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, your, your point of like, 
I don't even get into arguments of whether they are, you the Quakes should or shouldn't be you know a small market big one whatever what whether, whatever you think about it and again like I'm I'm just completely agreeing with what you said yeah it's just a reality like so I don't even think that there's shouldn't even be wasting time of well what should or shouldn't be it's like, hey this is how it is right. and like you either figure it out or you don't so like yeah like I completely agree with you yeah yeah especially when that so the owner for the for the Quakes is uh is looking to move the A's to Vegas and the Vegas team's coming up so. A lot of fans are thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe this is an Austin Columbus thing and it's a win win uh, for both. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So exciting, exciting stuff. Um, going a little bit into the Lucci Gonzalez hiring. Um, what's what are some things maybe you've seen him in FC Dallas and all the transfers out that he had? How fast till you start to see that Lucci pipeline kind of get interest in in Europe? Um, as in terms of like the, the players coming through. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how we saw kind of the, the, the eyes get to Weston, right, right. Pressman, all those guys. Yeah. When, when do you start seeing the fruits of, uh, of labor, right? Yeah. I mean, so I think it's a really good fit because everybody in Europe knows about Kate Cal. Like they didn't, they don't need somebody convincing them. Like, and that's, that's how it started with Dallas. It was like, okay, oh, Weston McKinney was in your academy. He didn't play the first, oh, wow. Oh, Chris Richards was in your academy. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, and then Tessman and Pepe and, and you just, Cannon and Reynolds. And, and that's where it starts. So the Quakes, I think, have, like, again, with Kate Cow, everybody knows him in, in Europe. Everybody has known him since he was like 14 or 15. So that's going to help. Kate Cow is a special kid and is a special town and has been like, you don't, if he was playing for, you know, your men's league team, you could get somebody to buy him, right? Like, the, right. The, the, he, he's going to sell himself. With Lucci, he's going to play these kids. And, like, Matias Almeida, like, for whatever criticism I had, that was something he was very good with, too. He He's always been great at playing uh, young players. Mm -hmm. So all it is is giving the, the, the kids the chance to play. And if they play well, and if you do the right things in terms of their development, teams are going to come calling and teams are going to come looking. Teams are always looking at MLS. Right. For the next young towns. And hey, scouts might be coming for Kate Cowell and go, oh, who's this Cruz Medina kid? Who's this Nico Sakaris? Who's blank, blank, blank? You're feeling, and Lucci's going to play them. The other part of this that I like in Lucci's own personal development, he was really honest about this in interviews when he was taking the job. He's like, look, maybe I was too focused on youth development. Maybe I wasn't pragmatic enough at times. Maybe, you know, he's like, and, and, and Jim Curtin, I think, says this the best where he's like yeah we have a lot of interesting young players but nobody would care if we weren't winning people mm. continue to watch because we're winning and like that's the next step for lucci in his own development because for the rest of his life he's got a job as a youth as, a, as an academy coach as a u20 he as academy director sorry like he's set but if for him to be could take the next step as a first team manager yeah. it's getting results while the development and he did his first two years in dallas i thought that he got a little bit of a, a hard rub like i didn't agree with them firing him when they did and then that off season they went out and spent seven million dollars and then they spent two million game to get paul ariel and i'm sure lucci was like what the hell man like where was that for me so again all in all i'm a big lucci fan i get it. like i'm gonna believe in, in this guy for what again who knows if it works out or not i can be wrong and you know whatever but he's the, the the confluence of of development that you know he has and if he does unlock this next step at you know just sometimes you have to be dogmatic sometimes it, you know you got to play the 33 year old to get a result today like but he'll never lose that kind of development like at heart that he has got it um yeah no everyone's excited for lucci and we'll see this saturday right it's gonna be a tough task against atlanta on the road um but i was that, dude I'm that's gonna be such a fun game like these are two teams yeah. that have question marks defensively and want to play like that's one of the ones i'm really looking forward to like I, there's got to be goals in that game 
Yeah, and I was saying if we want Atlanta, I mean, right now's the time, right? So I think this is the best time to you know grab all yeah. three points without Josef. The first game without Josef, so it's going to be a team that's maybe doesn't know where to look for for those goals, right? So um, it's exciting to be a Quakes fan and, and for Lucci. But talking a little bit more about this roster, who do you think is – I know Cade Cal is the easy choice right here, but yeah. who's the first Quake to kind of make that next leap to Europe? Well, so, so that's the thing. Like, it's it, it's easy answer, but it's the right answer. And look, like I've been saying, kind of all winter. Like, I do believe that this is going to be his, his like the, the season where he takes the leap. Like, I don't know. It's, it's funny what happens. Like, you know, he he broke in when he got his debut when he was sixteen or whatever. And then I think we thought last, like he looked really good as a seventeen year old in moments. Yeah. And then last year, people I thought were like ready for the leap. Right. Then it didn't come because he's a teenager playing in, in like it happened. Like I would hear some people talk like. Yeah, like, you know, he's not that great of a process. Something like that's like, dude, what, is he being punished because he broke into the first team so young? It's it's like, right. where are we setting the expectations? Like, if you look at Jesus Ferrer's career, he it was the same kind of arc. He had a really, really good season when he was, I think, 18. Mm-hmm. Then his age 19 season, he was bad. It just wasn't very effective. And people were like, oh, maybe he's not that good. Or, like, maybe he's not as good as we thought he was going to be. And then last year, he was, a, a, you know, around the MVP can. I think he was best 11. He was whatever, like development isn't linear it's not like this little like ladder by ladder so again I'm, i feel like i needed to give you more than on this because just saying kate cowell is a boring answer but like look he like reams ha- have had bids rejected for him in the past mm. and he, even if he doesn't play great this year like a club like reams is like whatever that level is or what it like mid-table france like some like he's, he's got that if he takes a jump this year then it then it's club bruges or, or you know think of um you know europa league level teams or you know, Salzburg-type teams that are first place in smaller leagues. So, like, this is a huge year for him, and like, I, I truly believe that he's got all the ability to, to put it all together. Yeah, and, and definitely in that United States men's national game that happened recently, it was evident that, man, this guy's... He was he, awesome. He, yeah, he was keeping toe-to-toe with Brandon Vasquez and Kellen Acosta, <laughs> guys that, you know, could have possibly made that jump or will make that jump eventually. But, yeah, yeah he was he was stellar in that game, and everybody's excited for it. Um if he goes, I know I, this is probably something that it will come, but do you feel like the Quakes are going to need to fill that role right away? You know, is it something where, man, we got we have to get a transfer fee in for Kate and then bring in someone else, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, look, so it depends on where they think. Like, so obviously if Benji Kakanovich is here, if that's a starting level player, like that'll be fine, but you'll still need another guy. It depends on where they think Nico Sakaris kind of projects to, where they think Cruz Medina and where these guys are in their development yeah. and whether they say, okay, like we can sp- spend that money on the team somewhere else and we don't want to block the next Kate Cal, right? Like, the, you know, uh, the, or whoever in the academy hasn't signed a homegrown contract yet that might be coming up. It just depends where you see those guys and if they're ready or not. Because again, Kate Cal has been talented for a long time and like, it would be silly at 16, 17 years old to rely on him for 2,500 minutes, right? Like, right. until, like, this year is, is I think, would be, if he does not play well this year, I think that's when the criticisms will start to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it depends on where they see these players and trying to hit that fine line of not blocking the player but not giving them too much too soon and then kind of right. taking them off track. And, like, Philly has, has but like, Philly's been really good. I think I'm going to keep coming back to them. Yeah. But, like, Brendan Aronson... He got his chance in the first team because Marco uh, Fabian, far, far mm-hmm. from, why am I struggling? Too many players. Was was not very good. And then Brendan Aronson won the job and never let it go. Paxton Aronson, from scouts I've talked to, was a better prospect at his age than, than Brendan Aronson was. He played like 500 minutes because Daniel Gosdog was in the team. Like, right, right. So, and he still got sold to Eintracht Frankfurt for four right. minutes. Like, 
So that didn't stop his development. So there, there are ways that like you can still bring players along, mm. um, but like you know, Lucci of the past might be like, okay, let's just bring in the next kid, and then right. you know maybe Lucci this year is like, no, if we sell Kate Cow, you got to give me half of that transfer fee to go bring in uh, another player. So these are all interesting. Every decision impacts another one because maybe that money's better spent at center back or left or whatever it is. And hey, we think that Cruz Medine's ready for two thousand minutes right now. So again, it's it's a non-answer. It's a pretty bad answer, but like, it all these things kind of like impact each other. No, no worries. Don't worry. It's a good answer because in reality, it's the truth. I mean, if a guy can get sold even without playing that many minutes, it's still possible. Yeah. Um, like if Cruz Medina, you know, keeps balling out, I, I would be surprised if maybe he never even hits the first team. You know, maybe he goes as a I'm like Chris Richards, man. Like, yeah, exactly. or, or, you know, Joe, Joe Scally was sold before he made his MLS debut. And I was like, yeah, he's a good player, but like that's a lot of money for somebody who's never played top flight football. And then like he debuts at Gladbach. It's like, oh yeah, like their scouts are better than me. Like they knew what they were doing. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so you've been in the league for about four years. I mean, at, at least officially, but you've probably yeah. followed longer. How do you exactly. feel like the development of the league is coming, right? I mean, it's it's something Incredible. where it's, it's coming in boatloads of cash, right? And a whole bunch of viewership and this Apple TV deal. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the league so far? Yeah, it's it's at a place, a better place than it's ever been, I think. And like, look, even five years ago, even three years ago, you just look at this this transfer, this winter transfer window. Nobody would be spending twenty million dollars for John Duran. Like, he could be the same exact player. But five years ago, Premier League clubs would be like, "Screw you!" Like, you don't have enough examples of selling players like five million, take it or leave it, right? Like, yeah. and they would have taken it because that that was the development of the league. Like, it's awesome to see the talent. It's awesome to see the the you know intensity that like i think and, and i struggle with this too because i know that i come on like some of these shows and, and i'm like sound like super positive guy but like you dc united in chicago probably are the two worst teams in the east i think pretty consensus for like preseason mm-hmm. i could give you 10 reasons to watch both of those teams that's christian yeah. Batak, you're not Shakiri. chicago's yeah. got academy kids dc united are going to start a 16 year old academy center back these are two of the what's supposed to be the boring or like <laughs> lifeless teams in the league like this year and like I'm looking forward to watching them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You can't. That that that's a it's a lot of teams. It's it's like, it's such a good spot where where it is right now, and it's like really bullish on like where it's trending and how things are going. So look, like, again, I know I sound like company man or whatever, but like, dude, it's just <laughs> league's in a great spot, and and it's just really awesome. Like, you know, I mean, I remember days of I would I went to like uh, one one of the Red Bulls last games at the Meadowlands before they got Red Bull Arena. It was pouring rain. There was two thousand people there, and like. Makumba Kanji was the best player on the field. Like I was looking at the lineups the other day, and I was like, I don't recognize any, any of these players. They were like, it's just crazy. With like, now we have a World Cup winner. We have ten million dollars. We have the Europa League leader in assists came to MLS instead of going somewhere else in Europe. It's just, I don't know, inconceivable a decade ago. Yeah, especially I mean, you would a decade ago you would see guys that again wouldn't even touch the field nowadays because just the really? talent level is just so high, so much higher. And uh, we're like you- national team guys. Like I forget who. Uh, I think it was John Harks or somebody like. To transfer to Europe, they had to go on. Sasha Kleshin went on trial at Celtic. Right. I'm like, right, are yeah. you kidding me? And like now it's Paxton Aronson's not even playing in the first team. And it's like, yeah, five million, please. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah, know, right, crazy. right. No, it is exciting. It definitely is. And, I, you know, it's a constant struggle just fighting with, you know, non-soccer fans, right, in America. <laughs> and I know you deal with it too. So um, it's exciting to see where the league is and, and totally 
it's going to be different. I think this Apple TV deal is going to do something yeah. that we all – I was a little worried, though. I was a little worried with the paywall, but with the T-Mobile codes and everybody getting it, if you have T-Mobile, yeah. especially on the West Coast, everybody has T-Mobile. So it's <laughs> exciting. Uh, that's what I learned, too. I guess the East Coast people don't have T-Mobile because of the mountains. Not a lot of friends have, have T-Mobile. From it. I'm, I'm, I have AT&T. Verizon is pretty dominant over here. So that's uh, – I think you illuminated something for me there. I, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, Um yeah, especially, yeah, now everybody has access to it, so it's something that maybe new fans weren't thinking about it, now they have, you know, free access to it. Um, and, 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 so, and a real quick point to that is, like, so right now Apple has, I think they still have one baseball game a week, but, like, they're, like, reported to be, like, they didn't just get MLS and be like, that's it for sports, we're good, don't worry. Right. So, like, I think some concerns are how do you get people to stumble into it if it's behind a paywall, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but, like, in a like the the nba rights are up at some point in, right. in the near future then like nba fans if if, if it ends right. up being apple then it's like oh look at this like i already have apple tv for nba and oh look at this it's soccer like so i i was that was one of my biggest like fears like mm. first and then i thought about it more and thought about how we're at like again this isn't going to be it for apple i, I don't i don't right. imagine at least i'm not saying this with any certainty this is just my own personal speculation but like I'm not as worried about people stumbling into it. And like you said, they've been really good with, hey, here's a three-month free trial. Or, hey, right. T-Mobile, you get the first year free. Hey, season, like all this, like they've right. done a really good job at making it accessible. Yeah, and uh, just alone, the marketing, I feel like, has been uh, way more than I've ever seen, especially here in the yeah. Bay Area because we have, you know, Apple and Cupertino. Um, good point. Just, you know, seeing more MLS stuff, which maybe doesn't happen with the Quakes, but at least now it's happening with the league, right? So uh, <laughs> it's something that's a little exciting. And just that Tim Cook picture alone with all those guys is, is something where crazy. You know, it might be on someone's wall somewhere and, and then that starts a conversation, right? So uh, I know it sounds a little funny, but like out here in the Bay Area, you get those Apple fanboys, you know, you get the Tesla fanboys, you know, the Elon Musk, you know, I bought you a pizza three months ago, you know, do you remember me? You know, so uh, it's exciting to see. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this last question and I'm going to leave you on this. A fan wanted to know, which mascot do you prefer, Q or Sir Minty? Oh, I go with Sir Minty. I think that, that that's my base answer. Philly Fang is pretty dope. If you think of Rapids Man back in the day, I forgot yeah, if you brought him back man. or not. What about there's, uh, there's... Riker from the Quakes before, right? He was like, oh my God, yeah. Wolf. yeah. <laughs> need, need, need to bring that back. Look, I, I think that gritty in in the nhl for the for the uh for the flyers i think that showed that like some of these old school mls mascots that were maybe a little bit too you know weird or scary there's a market for that man we got to bring him back that's all i'm saying <laughs> especially mls next pro right i mean just just go at it right get some weird mascots <laughs> in there. Kids, man. Right, right. And then uh, maybe the all-star game, you have a mascot game. You know, who knows? We can, we can do something. <laughs> I'll make that my mission to, like, tweet that into existence. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving me your, your time and, and your busy day. I mean, you probably have transfers blowing up on your phone right now. So, uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time for me and Quakes fans. We do appreciate it. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to being back again.